0: them.
1: and welcome to Practical Parenting's podcast, Baby Whisperer. I'm your host, Erin Craven. I'm a journalist, I'm a magazine editor, I'm a Netflix addict, and most importantly, I'm a mum of two gorgeous boys. Of course, babies don't come with a manual, so in this podcast, we're going to answer your questions, go through some of the myths and old wives' tales, and basically everything you need to know about being a new parent. So the last few episodes, we've been talking about your newborn baby and sleep and settling techniques. But this episode, we're going to shift the focus a little bit. As the saying goes, you can't pour from an empty cup. And the first few months of parenthood in particular can be a real adjustment and a culture shock, which is why this episode, we're going to focus on you and coping strategies and advice for getting through the first few months. Once again, we're joined by Judy Tripodi, our child and family health nurse from Tresillian Family Centers. Judy, thank you so much for joining us. Very happy to be here. Well, there's a lot of attention and focus on the baby in the first few months. It's really important to focus on mums as
2: well. What advice would you give to a new mum? I'll include the partner in here as well, Erin. I'd say that um, having a baby is one of the, especially your first baby, one of the biggest events that, that you might have in, in your life. And it's a huge adjustment. And, um, and I actually think too can be really um, tricky to prepare for. I think um, what is most difficult for many new parents is just the that babies are pretty much on them twenty four seven. There's no there's no break here. So it's that physical exhaustion, it's the lack of sleep that just gets really quite overwhelming and um, and it can be really a, it's a very difficult time. But um, I just want to re- reassure everybody that this difficulty, the very intense aspect of it, is probably just for the first few months of life. From three to four months on, things usually get better. Where baby is less intense crying, their their um, sleep may have improved then, and they're not as, um, say, demanding because they're starting to be able to manage a, a longer wake time and make things a little bit easier.
1: You mentioned the sleep deprivation,
2: and as a new mum,
1: I remember I really struggled with that. Um, You know, every few hours you're up, feeding, changing nappies, so forth. What can you give, uh, what advice can you give for mums to deal with that sleep deprivation?
2: Yeah, I think we had touched on this um, before. It would be for you to certainly rest when the baby sleeps, even if you can't sleep at least rest and, and think that, that you could be up all night. You could be up for long periods in the day. So that's quite important because if you've got a little bit of, um, sleep on board, you're going to be able to problem solve more effectively than if you're physically tired, exhausted and feeling stressed. And certainly baby will pick up on that as well. Um, So have a look at the home. And this is where I think if you're lucky enough to have extended family available or your partner, get them in to do the cooking, the cleaning, the chores, you're totally there for the baby. And culturally, it's interesting, Erin, where um, there's many cultures that really engage that with with the new mum, where the extended family, they talk about that it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. The extended family are there to do all of that stuff. And the whole thing with mum is that she's there with bub. Caring for Bob because we know how grueling it can be. When, when you're talking about the feeding, by the time you feed them, change nappies, the laundry, trying to put them to sleep, that that could be happening every two, three, four hours, and that's like twenty four seven.
1: Yeah. So some, it sometimes it feels like you've just finished one cycle and you're ready to start another one pretty much
2: straight away. Yeah, yeah. And then when I work with new mothers, just say on top of that, if you have any challenges with feeding, say in particular breastfeeding, where you might have to do expressing or pumping or things like that, that's even added pressure on top of everything. So it can get very overwhelming. And those ladies at Formula Feed, you've got to do bottles and prepare formula and all that sort of stuff. So I think if you're able to involve um, certainly your partner and and the 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 mums will say to me, Oh, but they work and they've got a rest and they're in, you know, a high-powered job or driving machinery or things like that. Certainly I acknowledge that. Um, that you do want your partner to get sleep on board, but not at the demise of you. So you, it's a, parenting's a, um, it's a joint partnership. And that yeah. will that that will be um, ongoing, Erin, right through your children's lives. So you know, involve them straight away. Um, yeah, but g- give them all those other jobs, and and also too, don't put pressure on yourself to be the perfect person with everything clean, the washing done. You sort of like one day at a time at this th- at this some um, period.
1: Oh, that sounds like permission <laughs> to let the vacuuming go. <laughs> yes, certainly. <laughs> oh, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> You did mention about other people helping out and I I had a friend who uh, recently had a baby and one of the gifts that someone had bought her was a meal delivery service, which was just brilliant. How are some of the other ways that you can get your partner to help out? Oh, okay. Well, anybody. Or your family.
2: Yeah. Well, like I was saying, anybody can clean your house. Anybody can cook if they want to come, bring meals, um, do the washing, the laundry. Anybody can settle the baby too. So, as a as a new mum, sometimes I think there's a bit of that reluctance, maybe to let the baby go. I should make a point on that too, Erin, just about um, if other people are coming in to assist is just with the whooping cough mm. and just making sure that if there's extended family members coming because the, uh, the first immunization of for whooping cough is at six weeks. We want these other people vaccinated as, as well because we know that's still quite prevalent and that can be quite uh, dangerous for a newborn baby to get that infection. But, um, yeah, going back to that, anybody can settle, especially the partner, and that's giving, giving you a break um, so that you can, um, like, have a bit of your own time. One of the other things I wanted to touch on too is it's a big uh,
1: adjustment period. What's the difference, though, between between you know, the baby blues, where it's normal to feel a little bit down with hormones settling and things like that, and something more serious like postnatal depression?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Erin. So the baby blues is like what you said, a hormone, or just because there's those um, pregnancy hormones in the, um, uh, the postnatal period are getting out of your um, system, especially the first week. Um, that's where you can just feel teary or a little bit down, but it just goes for a few days, and it's normally gone by the, say, the first week or by 10 days or something like that. Postnatal depression is a bit more insidious and sinister. So that's where you can be feeling, um, say, depressed for a longer period of time. And we have a definition, say, in, in our work with health professionals where we're looking at that for a period of more than two weeks. But if there's any listeners out there that aren't feeling that good, then certainly for them to share with their partner or talk to their GP or child and family health nurse a lot earlier. Um, there's a, there's an array of like signs or symptoms that you could be, um, suffering from either um, post adult depression or anxiety. Some ladies can have the anxiety first over the baby that can lead them to feel depressed. And um, we've got lots of information on, on our website about that, Erin. And also there's websites like Beyond Blue and Panda and the Gidget Foundation, that's that's a, um, a website in New South Wales that will have information on signs of depression. But just off the top of my head, it would be if you're feeling um, teary a lot of the time, mm-hmm. if you're feeling just sad, this should be a happy time. You shouldn't be feeling sad. If you're feeling that um, you're a bad mum, that you've got guilt, like like you go to mother's group and all these other mothers are looking wonderful and, that, and you're feeling that you haven't got like a connection with your baby, um, just when we're talking about sleep and unsettled babies, just say your baby's sleeping but you can't sleep mm. because you're sort of worried and all of this sort of stuff. Um, you can also go the other way and feel angry and resentful. Um, and so we all know that, that you shouldn't be sort of feeling this way, and when you go to see like your GP or even the child and family health nurse, and even at Tresilian we use like a depression screening tool. So if if a health professional were to give you that to fill out, don't feel um, don't don't feel bad because it just helps guide the professional as to the point of where you are, and and would um, support them with what sort of advice they give you. Yep. And
1: so, Judy, obviously postnatal depression also has a big effect on the partners as well. So,
2: you know, where can they go to get some help as well? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, Erin. I hadn't mentioned before the incidence of postnatal depression is one in seven in women. And in men, um, the partner, uh, it can be one in ten. It's It's not unusual too that the... With all of this happening with the lady that the, the partner can be, um, not feeling, um, as good either. For them supporting their, their partner, it would be, uh, more just taking note of, how she is going, if there's anything unusual that you've noticed that's out of character when I had um, described before about those signs and symptoms that the woman may experience. So for the partner to have a look um, to see, oh, well, why why are you suddenly so sad or, or that type of thing, um, there's lots of help out there. So you can certainly um, look at those websites the, uh, Panda. Panda actually has a good section on men that they can go to, uh, Beyond Blue, the Gidget Foundation, chatting to the GP, the Child and Family Health Nurse, just to, um, arm themselves up with some information, how best to support their, um, their wife. And, and also go out to extended family members to see if someone can come across to be with her, to help her in the day. Maybe, uh, discussing with her what might be triggering these feelings as well? It could be like, uh, unsettled baby, feeding difficulties, that sort of stuff. So that's where, say, like at Tresillion, we're able to assist with that. But there's lots of help out there, Erin. The, the thing which we want to avoid is that, um, the, the woman getting so depressed that, um, she could hurt herself which I know isn't where you really want to go with mm. this but 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 that's what we do have to be mindful of that would be just devastating if anything like that happened and also too when when women are in this really dark place it can affect their bonding with their baby as well and um, and I've had ladies share with me that have come out the other side of this that it's really like a foggy dark place and and probably had they had um, support sooner it would have been a lot better um, for them and their and their baby. So I suppose that's my take home point. You don't have to struggle with this alone. There's lots of support out there. Have the conversation with your partner, and maybe the the guys can go on the in the background scenes to um, to see what's happening. But for them also too, if they're feeling a little bit anxious, there's support for them too. And one of the things too is to not feel guilty about it. Definitely, definitely. It's, um, it's nothing to feel guilty about. This whole mental health is filled with a lot of, um, um, stigma and it's quite okay. Um, you know, you, it's, it's allowable that, that you can sort of feel this way. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, and it's, and like we know, it's just a thing that, that can happen after you, after you have a baby. I'll just make a point, um, that if, we do know that if you have had in the past any um, incidences of depression or anxiety at any time in your life before you've fallen pregnant, you can be more at risk of having postnatal depression afterwards. Also to ladies that might have suffered um, any um, abuse as um, a child could be um, more at risk. And also if you're experiencing these feelings when you're pregnant, that can be a more a red flag that they're going to persist after the baby. So it's important if you can share share with your partner share with the health professional the midwife the obstetrician the doctor um, about how you're feeling because if you if you can get support and treatment before you have the baby usually your um, recovery is a lot um, better
1: yeah and as you said it's important to realize that you know it's it's, it's quite prevalent, you know, as you said, one in seven as well. We all think that, that motherhood and new motherhood is this wonderful, beautiful time where we're just immediately going to bond with the baby and know what we're doing and that's not
2: always the case, is it? No, and there's a lot of pressure. You have a look in the media and um, just about how everyone's able to look good and glamorous and be able to go about um, maintaining the home and even working and all of this sort of stuff. Um, no, so it's, it's, it's really difficult. Difficult, and there's ladies that struggle. So it's just um, knowing that um, it's it 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 happens, and just to get support with it.
1: And Dennis, our wonderful producer here. Now he, we've been talking uh, in between recording here, and. You've had an experience with postnatal depression as well with your wife when she had your daughter.
0: Yep. Look, wonderful pregnancy, absolutely dream pregnancy all the way up until exercised all the way through. Three days before she gave birth, she was still on the treadmill, still at the gym, and so really something that you would see in a movie. It was perfect. Uh, After she gave birth, um, it wasn't particularly traumatic. It was a very quick birth too. Um, Within a couple of days, she noticed that uh, that hit a wall and then she started to slide didn't feel emotionally attached to the to the baby um so much so that she was lo- literally looking at our daughter and just couldn't feel a connection there whatsoever and uh and one time uh, i remember she would called i was at work she was very upset and crying and just she couldn't understand it couldn't make sense of it herself and and uh, she told me she was in the shopping center she She'd just done some grocery shopping and was outside and um, Saraya, our daughter was, was crying and, and she just didn't know what to do. And she was just staring at the child, thinking, you know, what is this? You know, is, is this my baby? What is it? Sort of thing. And a, a lady, um, would have been in sort of her maybe her 60s, maybe grandmother sort of thing, came over and said, Are you okay, love? It's look, let me take the baby for you for just a moment. She could see she was absolutely distressed and and just held the baby, it gave her that break to, um, to sort of collect her thoughts and, you know, just be emotional and let some tears out. And then, that sort of ten or fifteen minutes, and then sort of come back and uh, with enough, um, uh, you know, clear headedness to to, to you know, take the shopping to the car and put the baby back in and can come home. But yeah, it was it was rough for nearly twelve months there of periods of um, of uh, just you know, yeah uh, emotional turmoil for her.
1: Dennis, that's amazing. The woman at the supermarket. You know, before that, was she really aware that perhaps things weren't? Not at right. all. Right?
0: Not at all. It's just it, it. literally after the birth, that's where she started to feel uh, she couldn't cope. Uh She wasn't meant to be a mother. She wasn't meant to have a child. But it's a dream pregnancy mm. up until there's absolutely no indication that this would happen prior to that. And, um, for, but for, 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 obviously a stranger with experience with children to, to, I could see that. And that was just one incident. There was, there were others where mm-hmm. she felt like she wasn't in control of driving the car. She was just, her mind to just wander and think, you know, Hey, what if I just let go of this wheel? What would happen? That sort of thing. Silly thoughts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And she could not work that out herself. And she reached out to the community. Health uh, centre at the time, but this, you know, you talk going back um, a decade now, and we we really didn't know. You know, I would call her sister when I could, but her sister lives far away, and we didn't have any extended uh, family or anyone to sort of help. So you on your own there, and that's 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 the debilitating feeling is that yeah. you you want to do something but you can't. I'd leave work and go to comfort her because that's what I needed to do and I had to do, and and uh, yeah, she she battled through, went to the GP. The GP recommended medication as the first step and then from that uh, you know further counseling etc she went a few times but she just thought I have to battle through this I don't want to put myself in a position where I am um, chemically dependent on on some sort of treatment because how do I get off the tablets after mm. just trying to rationalize that thought and she thought I'll battle through this and get as far as I can without resorting to going and get the getting the tablets and she managed to get through it but yeah it took 12 months of 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 hard focus for her to, to battle her own mind.
1: Yeah, what a really scary time for you both.
0: Absolutely, completely. And and being the, you know, the partner that's not there every day uh, and trying to deal with that, it's, um yeah, that because it plays on your mind, you get worried for just as much mm. and you can't do your work sometimes because you're concerned about, you know, welfare of both um, your partner and your baby. So. Yeah,
1: which goes back to, Judy, what you said, how it's important to know that there are, uh, organizations out there for mum, but also for dad as well.
2: Yeah, exactly, Erin. And things have changed a lot in the 10 years um, since Dennis had his daughter. And we only need to look now with like mobile phones and the websites and things like that. So as we had been chatting about, there's um lots of good mental health websites, Panda, Beyond Blue, um, the Gidget Foundation, that have lots of good advice to help um, partners be able to support the mum with the depression and also different um, therapies are used now too. Um, it can be a combination of medication, it could be counseling, it could be CBT, which is cognitive behaviour therapy. What we were chatting about, wellness strategies. Um, there's lots of, we're, we're more knowledgeable now with mental health overall, how to support uh, ladies experiencing postnatal depression. But the key thing here is that it's important to go to um, see a health professional about it and to get something in place because it is great to try to fix this sooner than the woman struggling um, for many months through it.
1: Judy, if you are feeling that you are suffering a little bit from postnatal depression or feeling a little overwhelmed with it all, is there anything you can do... Lifestyle-wise, to, to help treat that, aside from counselling
2: and medication, we yeah, have certainly, Erin. That, that's a great question. I think just for emotional well-being. Uh I would suggest for the lady to have a a think back what she might have done in the past that made her feel good. We certainly know that exercise is really um, great for our mental health. And we also know that babies going out in the daylight is really good for helping them to get their uh, body rhythms um, and their sleep in check. So uh, walk in the pram, on a on a nice day um, is is really is really great and something you can do with the baby as well. Um, if you like listening to music, some people really find that really quite relaxing for their mental well being. Um, also, too, looking that you're eating well because when you are depressed often, you don't feel like you want to eat. And especially with a new baby as well, you may not be able to get like um, good meals in place or that sort of stuff. So quick and easy, healthy meals. Um, I I have a, a niece actually at the moment who um, recently had her third baby. So she was struggling with that a little bit. And now with all um, home delivery, like online ordering with groceries, that, that's sort of so much easier. She's been really embracing that. Um, so your diet and um, yeah, I'm sort of thinking they're probably the main points that I would think of there.
1: And of course they're not just that's not just advice for mums who are suffering from postnatal depression either. All mums can can certainly benefit from that. as I said, you can't pour from an empty cup.
2: No. And, and that's where the extended family, if you're lucky with that, or the partner can help, they can take over. I know some ladies say to me, they've loved yoga, going to exercise classes and that um, uh, swimming, um, well, whatever they're wanting to do just for a, a little break with their own time. Um, so yeah, so certainly I'd be um, awful that like exercise and getting out is really healthy. Judy,
1: thank you again for this really sound advice. Uh, if you or someone you know is struggling to cope or needs help, make sure you visit panda.org.au or call Lifeline on 131114. And thank you for listening. For more advice on newborn and parenting expertise, head to practicalparenting.com.au and we'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the Baby Whisperer podcast. If you feel you'd like to speak to someone, please reach out to Tresillian at tresillian.org.au. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Practical Parenting's Baby Whisperer podcast. Bye for now.